The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Well, welcome to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online, WRQK.com. If you missed New Church Tuesday yesterday, that's where you can grab that. We took a listen to the new Eric Church, new MGK. That one wasn't very good. And uh, also... It was the new Green Day, was it not? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That was just okay. They're heading. Uh, they're heading into town a little later this summer. The new tour Tuesday available for you at wrqk.com. How are you, man? Oh, I can't complain at all, man. What's uh, what's the story across the board? What do you got going on? Well, I'm starting the show out very similar way that I did yesterday. Okay. I got this thing hanging over me, okay. and uh, there's been no resolution. And again, I apologize, but this is something I cannot walk the audience to the door of. And Fanto would agree yeah. that that's that's, that's not the best call. case scenario. But I have gotten no resolution, and so now I'm like multiple days in a row of carrying it with me, and I, I'm just worried about the stress of it weighing me down. Anything that festers is no good, and whether that's you know a sore or an issue, just not to have a sore, <laughs> just to it's have, not a sore, you did just to have Jesus. something, just to have something hanging over your head like that. It's tough, dude. It puts you in an awkward situation. It's not what is this red bump? It's not one of those. It's not that. <laughs> it, it is not. It is not a festering it's not sore. One of those. Of all the issues Stansberry has, that dear, is not one of them. I promise. God. And I, dude, I know your chicks don't wake up this early. It's six oh six in the morning. Who am I telling right now that you don't have her? But I might get a new one. <laughs> who am I telling that to? Well, apparently, I'm not sleeping with anybody who listens at six. Um. So, so I, I, I understand why you're a little frustrated. I understand why you're a little bit down. And once again, like yesterday, man, I'll do everything I can for you, buddy. Whatever yeah, you we're, need. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna need it. Whatever you need, I'll be we're gonna here. need it. We're gonna. Uh, we will speak to at nine a.m. this morning. We will speak to uh, Canton Charge player John Holland. Yeah. Yeah, John Holland, uh, very excited about that, dude. Uh, I'm excited for tonight's game. I usually don't get nervous for these kind of things, and I'm not, it's not like I'm out there playing or doing anything other than like saying, "Let's go, Charge!" Yeah, here's a T-shirt, right? But but I'm still I've got that it's like playoffs. I've got that like big game feel on me right now. Where nice. I woke up this morning, first thing I thought about, was like, dude, it's game day, baby, Charge, baby. So I am real excited. Yeah, no, about it's it. gonna be cool stuff. We'll talk to John Holland nine o'clock. We'll also get you hooked up with a four pack of tickets for that game this evening. We have uh, multiples of those. We also have right. Chris Rock tickets. Right. We'll do those seven thirty this morning. Right. Uh, also, to come on the show, seven o'clock. There is something. Canton's doing something. Looking at doing something, and it's going to be perceived by a lot of people as catering to drug addicts and not okay. punishing them harsh enough. Okay. And I think it's going to be very controversial. And so we'll get into that at seven o'clock and kind of decide where the city should land on that. It's so strange over the past, I don't know, fifteen years, maybe even less than that, ten years, five years, even you know, how the how the how the conversation about drug addicts right. and addiction and, and and things like that have changed. And you're right, this story definitely will push people one way or the other. Oh, I, the people are going to be mad. I guarantee you, there's going to be people screaming at me on the other end of the radio. Oh yeah, people. I mean, people are going to be furious there about what go. the idea is. <laughs> and but you know, everybody posts the same Facebook post every week, though. You know, R.I.P. to my homie. Right. We got to get. We got to do something do about something, this drug right. issue. Right. And then now somebody's proposing to do something about the drug issue. And I guarantee you, the same people that post posts like that aren't going to like what somebody's doing with the drug issue. So seven o'clock, we'll get into that. Seven thirty is well. The uh, the NFL found another network partner now. Uh-huh. Another one that's going to be very interesting. So uh, we also have a great piece of audio to take a listen to at six thirty. I am, uh, but dude, like I'm telling you, I am like a deer in the headlights right now. Okay, because ninety five percent of what's in the rundown from last night is all Trump related, <sighs> and we've kind of talked about that. How it's like, dude, you know what I mean? You can't talk about this stuff without people feeling like you're just looking to pile on. It's so funny, and and I mentioned it the other day. We turned off the microphones. I can't remember what exactly we were talking about. Or it was Ernst Angeli, I think. I think that's that's it's exactly what it that's, was. That's that's where we were talking about. Right. And we turned 
turn off the mics and I, I said to Stansberry, I'm like, dude, we will go at Jesus, no problem. We, we just will, trashed like, Jesus. We will go at Jesus for 20 minutes, no problem. Trashed him. Didn't nobody second, said a didn't word. Didn't second guess ourselves. No. Didn't question didn't it. Didn't even think about but it. But like anything that that is Trump related, it's a conversation of like, dude, I don't, I don't know. know. They're should gonna get talk, mad. Should we talk about this? Should we not talk Be, about this? Dude, the hate mail I get. When I just even report to you what the headlines were and what the facts of a situation were, now make me like a Trump hater in the eyes of supporters. And it's a dangerous place to be. I mean, it, it, it really is, considering that we're people of opinion. I mean, people of news, people of, of that world, you're going to get it no matter what, so you have to go right. with it. You know, I, I even feel bad for people on, like, local news, like Fox 8, and, like, and you know, and it's like, dude, Christy Capel didn't write that. That's not an opinion piece by her. She's just reading what's on the teleprompter about Trump. trying to dance Trump. that jigaboo music. <laughs> she's just, That's all she's she, trying to do. Dude, she's just reading what's on the teleprompter about Trump, and you'll see tweets at, at yeah. local news people just like, Awful. oh, you're such a piece of crap, blah, blah, blah. Fake news. And, and, and it's like, dude, that's local news. I can only imagine how bad it is for like somebody. Shepard Smith or, or those uh, kind of yeah, guys. Or yeah, or like Jake Tapper or, or, or a Wolf Blitzer or somebody like that. Just a constant onslaught of like of, 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 of hatred towards them. And but the whole thing's him. Like the whole thing's him today. Like his son, I guess, is now praising the guy who like wrote the PizzaGate story. Right. Which, if you don't know what PizzaGate was, apparently they thought there was like this pizza place in Washington D.C. that was like an underground like child pedophile ring. And apparently Hillary Clinton and John D. Podesta were all part of running it. The whole like thing. that that whole thing. They were it, like it's running completely it. False, obviously. Like this is a complete conspiracy theory. Somebody made that up, and people ran with it. Pizza and, people, and people ran with it. Now, it, do, you, do do I believe that there's probably a service around the Washington D.C. area that supplies like young boys and young girls to sick politicians? Yeah, probably. Well, there's, there's but I don't think Hillary Clinton was in charge of PizzaGate. There's services in the Canton area right. running, exactly. running running sex slaves to, to sick people. So like, welcome to human traffic. Right. It's not. It's not like oh, D.C. is the one and only place. No, but no, there's, no. But there is zero proof that this pizza place had anything to do with right. it. That Hillary Clinton had anything to do with it. But in the land and times of all. Alternative facts and fake news. When you can just yell that, and all of a sudden it's like, well, it's become it, reality. Is it perception? Is reality? Is it fake news? Is that true? Is you know? And people, people don't. Some guy shot a gun into that pizza place because he believed what was being written about it. Right. And so now apparently this guy wrote something else, and now Donald Trump Jr. is out there praising him and talking about how great it was. And I guess you know Kellyanne Conway was like tweeting out the other day, "Look at the ratings bonanza with this guy on TV with whatever." And it's like, oh my god! And, and people wonder why over the last three months you and I have been like, "Dude, have you seen the Cavs? Hey, talk about the right. NFL. What about the Indians? Sports, right. sports, sports." Because sports, at, le- sports. at least if you hate. Like an opinion on sports, you're not like I'm never listening to those guys ever again right. because they don't align with my values. Right, that's Dude a completely di- too much. That's a completely different thing. Right, you may turn it off and go. They're talking LeBron too much, but you're coming back tomorrow. Where if we upset you in the Trump space, we've seen it. People may leave forever, and my boss pays me to keep you around. It, that's it, what I get paid to do is to keep it, you around. And there's a little bit of like you know, in 2017. I guess this is the times that we live in, and this is this is who we are as a people right now. You would like to think. That you know the two things that you're never supposed to talk about, you know, religion and politics. All right, we'll push those away. Right. We'll talk about sports and the weather. And it's like, no, you nope, won't, because no, you Colin won't. Kaepernick's taking a knee, and there's global warming out there. And did the Chinese manufacture the whole thing? And and like, and it's just like you you can't avoid that. That no, because politics are in everything. 
They're in everything now. And I always say, look, it's not going, you're not putting pace back in the tube. But I am one of those that when I turn on an event, and I think I've heard this theory, you know, passed out by somebody else on television. And I think that that's part of the reason why the NCAA ratings were as good as they were, because you didn't hear anything about any of those dudes. You just got basketballs rolled out on the court. They play hard. They cry when the game's over and if they lose. And it's all about the competition of the sport. The, the, the one thing college basketball didn't have is, well, the stars are resting and don't feel like playing. Well, you know, too many back-to-backs, really, if you really think about Well, I mean, the season's really the problem. It's really long if you think about that. And, well, you know, it's the millionaire attitude, really, and that's really the problem because, of course, that's really the problem. At least those, would, are, at least those are all sports-related things. In you know college, ba- yeah, but there's all, I mean, dude, those guys, you know, they venture into the politics. Dude, when you hear about the Golden State Warriors, you hear about their politics. It's always Steve Kerr bashing Trump. It's all this stuff. And where I think NCAA basketball doesn't have any of that. And that's why people were watching it in droves. I think that's why part of it. And it's also the format of it. Because if you lose, you don't get to play anymore. Who's going to be the national championship? That's definitely built in. But the ratings were up like 30% this year. And I think it's because it's the one sports place where you could hide. And I think NCAA basketball got it right. Which is, dude, these people don't want this. They don't. Show me where it has actually really worked. They don't really want it. They just want their sports. They just want to watch the basketball game. I know that's how I feel. I just Now, what somebody's going to say is, well, what about the national anthem? What about the American flag being rolled out? There are traditions versus, I will admit, and this is crazy, you know, coming from a guy who gets paid to pass out his opinion. But I do. I kind of wish my sports stars were just big, dumb jocks who didn't say things about things. I, I do. Just do just, you know, touchdowns, home runs, slam dunks. That's all I want from you. That's why, that's why when Kyrie Irving was a flat earther, I didn't care. Because I was like, I don't care if the guy eats pace, can't count to 10. He hit the jump shot in Game 7, won the NBA Finals. What do I care what he thinks about anything? I don't care. Just play basketball, dude. That's it, right? Like, I don't, why do you, why do you gotta be like a voice of everything? Good Just be a point guard. Good news is both the Cavs and the Indians won last night, so I don't want to feel good about it. Well, then there you, so there you go. There you go. There you go. Now, I, now I will say, like again, you're gonna have to temper me all day because I do. I'm carrying this thing, and when you, everybody knows, my whole system is the only way out is through. Can't go through. And today, if no. I can't go through. There's going to be some issues. Dude, I may take a hard line on some other things. It's like, dude, why is he so serious about this? I will admit that that may happen. Everybody hold my feet to the fire today. I don't care because it probably needs to happen. I'm fe- and man, I'm losing it. It's festering over there. It's like it is. what we call it. It's like boiling over. The rage. It's coming. I can feel it. There will be. Yeah. Brace yourself. Yelling is coming. That's absolutely going to happen at some point today. We have a fan fantastic piece of audio and the videos upline for you at wrqk.com but I, you need to hear this audio we'll run it for you next hang on i think there's still some left at the radio station yeah linda will get you hooked yeah up. linda's a nice enough lady yeah she'll, she'll do that up. so we have a video online for you multiple <clears throat> actually you actually you can watch your grandma get smacked right in the face with poop from a chimp Jeez. just whipped, <laughs> picked up his poop whipped it at grandma Jeez. lands right smack dab center face there so that's pretty good that's online for you wrqk.com but there's also a video of a woman who's unhappy about some stuff and she kind of lets people know And before we run this for you, I will tell you that me personally, I find public displays of affection to be kind of annoying. Like if you're holding hands with your wife walking through a store, that's not public displays of affection, in my opinion, right? If you were going to be, if you're in public and then you were going to be separated for a little while and you just like kind of kiss quickly, like real quick on the lips, like, yeah, I'll see you in 20 minutes or whatever. Bye. That's not a public display of affection. But if you're sitting there gnawing on each other's faces and you're like you're purely making out, I find it to be a, much like I said yesterday about littering. 
I, I reached a point in my life where I was like, littering's not okay because I'm a grown up. And I think the same yeah. thing is true. Like, making out in public is not okay because I'm a grown up. I, I, I feel like you can put the same thing through stealing. You're a little kid, yeah, you're going to steal something. But as you grow up and you're like, dude, what the I hell know am better I doing? Than yeah, this? you should not do that. I know better than um, this. I agree with you that, like, there's a line, and it's probably when things become, like, sexualized. And I know every kiss feels like it's sexual, but it's not. It's like, not. Your I'll mother be, will kiss you. Well, and I'll be standing there at line in Chipotle, like, with my girlfriend. We're standing there. We're standing there. It takes three hours because we're in Chipotle. And it's like, all right, well, I just kissed my girlfriend because I'm bored and I kind of have nothing else to do. That's different than, like, making out. Yes. Like, start groping each other. Yeah, there's there's a line somewhere. If you got hands over the sweater, if you're at second base in public, you're yeah, way too far. Way too far. I even think, dude, tongue kissing, like, long versions of tongue yeah. kissing is gross in public. Yeah. yeah it's it's sure. for children. It is for seventh graders who just figured out, oh, my God, I like kissing this person. And uh, Yes, it, and, and, and there's a little something called tact in the world. There's a little something called, like, yeah. all right, well, We're losing dude, it. We, 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 we need to, you know, uh, practice some restraint here. So. I would agree. So a, so a woman, so we set this up. This is a woman who gets pretty upset about something she sees in line. This is in Santa Monica, California. She sees a couple in line, and she is unhappy about it. Then leave. Why are you here? You have your food. We are waiting for you to finish up, so we're chatting. You're she a her a slut. person. You're a prostitute. Oh my god. Now that's kind of far. Right? Like, again, I don't want to watch you make out in public. I've said this about gay couples. I've said it about straight couples. I've, you know, people say, you know, gay couples shouldn't make out in public. And I've always said, well, straight couples shouldn't either. I don't want to watch, uh, you know, a straight couple make out any more than I want to watch a gay couple make out. Right? So it's not about, like, who you're making out with. It's about the fact that you're making out in public. And now, it's worth noting that in this video, we do not see what this make out was. You know what I mean? Like, this woman's saying you were making out in public, but this woman is obviously it's, unhinged. It's being recorded by the couple who's been verbally assaulted by this woman. Correct. So we don't see them. Cool. I'm not getting paid. How can you make out <laughs> while here in front of everyone like a slut while we're trying to eat? There are people here. Okay. Do you have any manners? Can you just finish up your transaction? We'll order and we can Why both are move you on. Leave, bitch? Whoa. Oh my God. You're really escalating Why this. Are you and she really is. Obviously, these people are trying to 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 squash this. This, right. this girl's trying to be as, as 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 tactful as possible. And whether she did or did not overstep the boundary when it comes to public makeout, you don't deserve this. You know what I mean? No, because like I was gonna say, like I don't want to watch you make out. But I'm not going to yell at you either. I'm going to judge you. I'm going to think about you the way home and go, oh, my God, how trashy did that look? I'm going to come in the next day on the radio show. I'm going to tell people where I was, and I'm going to trash you. I'm going to judge you publicly. But I'm not going to ruin your night over it. And everybody else's night. There's an employee standing right there. There's other people in right. the restaurant right there. Like You can't be like, oh, you're ruining my, my experience here while you're ruining everyone else's Everybody experience. else's experience, right. Oh, my God. I can't wait till this hits YouTube. I can't wait to report you to the police. You cannot police. be doing prostitution Go ahead. Hey, go, go find the police right now. You're making out while we're trying to order. Step back. Excuse me? Step the Why f back. Excuse Whoa. me? Step the f back. Excuse Step me? Step the f back. Excuse me? Yeah, she obviously like came up and got into the couple's face. Oh, at if that you're point. watching the video, she gets yeah. really close to him. Again, he's the one filming this, and she like you get really up close. Now I know cameras can zoom in and like, but you can tell she's standing really close to him. Why don't 
Can you call the cops? Can you call the cops? Can you call the cops on him? I'm getting all this on on video. So we'll see who's who's harassing who later. You're f***ing your girlfriend Whoa. in a public restaurant acting like a prostitute. Whoa, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, there's a huge difference between making out with somebody and having sex in public. If you were having sex in public, even the minimum wage guy behind the counter is going to go, wait a minute, guys, this is my job. My boss is going to freak out. There's security cameras here. I can't have you sleeping with one another in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah, even if it came to like... Like we said, like groping. If you go, if you put your hands down somebody's pants, the restaurant employee is going to say something, and and and, and should. But obviously, I mean, like I said, you know, who knows how far over the line, if at all, these people went over the line because this woman is well, obviously lying again, and obviously unhinged. Unless there's nudity, it's really a personal line. There is no such thing as the line. You're allowed to make out in public. It's just one of those things that people like me view as tacky. But you're allowed to do it, and so there really is no line until you bring nudity into it. And so unless they did that, I mean, nothing warrants any of this. You need to leave. You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Okay. Okay? Yeah. You're such an airhead. You're so dumb. You're sexually harassing me. Oh, my God. You dude, that's, and that's, that's, that slut. Well, you are harboring a lot of... I was going to say, this sounds you're oddly familiar. You know what? I don't want to watch you make out with that person while I'm trying to order Good. food. There's the door right there. Right. Walk out. She goes up, she right this at this point, she turns back to the restaurant employee, and here's what happens. I want my money back. What? Excuse me, I just spent twenty dollars. I want a refund. Now she wants a refund. Who are you talking to? Talking to a so that's the restaurant employee saying, hey, I'm talking to my manager. I don't appreciate you bothering everybody's night. She, she, she demands a refund for some reason. Like the, like the restaurant's entitled to give you a refund because people were making out in right. line. That's not going to be a okay. thing. And he said, yeah, he says, I'm talking to the manager. He's got the phone up right now, and I don't appreciate you raising your voice in the restaurant. Okay. All right. I want a refund right now, and I'm reporting you to your manager. He's already talking to his manager. I'll give you the tape. I'll give you the tape. So, I can call the manager and report you. You can be fired for allowing this. When people start throwing your job around like you're going to be fired, like, oh, I'm going to talk to your manager and I'm going to be fired, you know they're desperate. You know they've got to oh, a yeah. point where they feel out of control and that's the, that's the jugular they can go yeah, to. I'm going to end your career. I'm going to end <laughs> it. I'm so going to end your career. You're a joke. You're going to be fired. Yeah, anytime somebody goes down that path, it's like, oh, you have no argument to hold. Yeah, pretty good in public there. <laughs> At this point, the guy's got nothing else to do. No, he's just trying to make her mad now. It should be pointed out now that this woman's not attractive. So while you're calling another woman 
ugly, you ugly pig or whatever right. she called her and prostitute and all this other stuff. She herself is not attractive, which is where this is coming from. You, you do get a glimpse of the girlfriend, I think, as the as the video kind of progresses and the guy moves his phone. Um, She looks like an, an attractive enough young woman. Like, she looks like, you know... An, like I, a regular person? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, more okay, or less. Well. I'm glad that you bring up the fact that this woman is unattractive. And if you watch the video, you'll see that, like, yeah, she just looks like a fat chick in a hoodie. You know what I mean? I mean, like some some fat chick in a hoodie from Canton South named Kendra or something like that. That's that's what it does look like. That that, that is what this chick looks like. CS in the house. Uh, people on Reddit, the uh, the the website Reddit, have have deep dived into this woman's past. Yeah, she's a porn star. She's well, well, amateur. She's done amateur <laughs> let's, porn. Let's let's not go too far. Uh, she's like a nude cam girl. Like she's one of those chicks that will you know do. Here's me with a dildo. Right, exactly. Just keep sending me Bitcoin or whatever the hell it is. So this woman who is flipping out on these people for quote-unquote making out, we don't know what that make-out was, but for for quote-unquote making out. The caption online had said that it started with a kiss on the forehead, I'm being told, which is crazy. Right. I mean, dude, that, that's... Because that's, that's in line. Again, as a guy who doesn't like PDA, that's totally in line. That's me standing in line with my girlfriend. Right. I would kiss her on the top of the head. Just trying her. to get... Dude, I, instead of checking my phone for 10 seconds, I'm going to do this instead. Right. How much I want to puke on both of you? You are the ugliest bitch I've ever seen. You look like a little boy. And for me to actually watch you have sex in public is disgusting. You're, you're trying to over-sexualize yourself and be like, I you got to be careful when you get drunk and you start judging other people's sexual history. You got to be really careful about calling other people's girlfriends prostitutes. You got to be really careful about that because people are going to dig into what your life has produced. And sure enough, we found out she's done a little amateur porn. So let me tell you what happened here. Okay, this woman regrets things that have gone on in her life. She was drunk in public and then made it somebody else's problem because that's what people who are too cowardly to face their own issues in their life do. They bring it to your doorstep and now make it your problem, where in reality, you're upset about the fact that you've been a cam girl and people have seen you do dirty things and you didn't make enough money for it. You've been had too much to drink. You were trying to get something to eat to sober up. You saw a happy couple and you realized that you're miserable and nobody effing wants you and you saw uh, the depiction of love standing behind you and your fat, ugly ass could not take it anymore and so you blew up at two just people who were out just trying to have a nice dinner to enjoy their evening. That's exactly what happened. That's pathetic. We'll get you hooked up with a four-pack of tickets for the Canton Charge game. That will happen next on Rock 106. At that air pump. I don't know why people refuse to go spend 50 cents at Speedway to go fill up their other tires, but the free one, dude, people are ready to fight over that It's thing. not the 50 Dude, go spend the money to have the tire repaired. <laughs> like, do that. Like, that's the money you should be spending, not the 50 cents on the air. Yeah, go buy new tires. Dear God. Dude, you never focus on the big Pantone <laughs> likes Band-Aids. Not, you know? Oh, dude. So you know what happens tomorrow. What is that? Is the start of the greatest sporting event of the year starts okay. tomorrow. The Masters ah, starts tomorrow. The Masters. The, uh, the tradition yeah. unlike any other, right? Yes, the tradition un- unlike any other. Hello, friends. That's uh, And so, yeah, Jim Nance. He'll, uh, CBS, this is still one of the tournaments that they do carry. And uh, Tiger Woods has come out like, like last week and said, look, body's not ready. I'm not ready. I'm going to withdraw. I'm not going to play. And... I have said I don't believe Tiger Woods will ever win another major. I think he could win another golf tournament. I'm not sure he could win another major. The competition is just too good. And these younger kids are just way too good right now. 
But I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. But in lieu of Tiger skipping the Masters this year, I found online a video of like the best times where he's mishit a ball and like Tiger's anger issues are well documented. Like he was like a baby on the course, like a little bit. Like when things, he was kind of like a LeBron. When right. things didn't go his way, bitched and moaned, bitched and moaned, bitched and moaned. I think that I don't want to say comes with being really good at something, but when you reach a certain level and you're you on that more of you, you're on that greatest of all time level, which both Tiger and and LeBron are in that conversation. Even Jordan, I think, was a little bit. He he. And, oh, uh, he cried every call, every call. Uh, so like so so when you're up at that level of 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 being great at something, you do have. I don't want to say a little bit of baby in you, but there is a little bit of baby in you. So I got this great video of Tiger mishitting balls and just screaming the F word from the fairway. It's awesome. It's so like I'm a golf fan, so I know I probably like it a little bit more than some of you, but it is amazing. It's a good view. It's up online for you, WRQK.com. I've also just tweeted it out at Sansbury. So when it comes to the Masters, and yeah. I think NASCAR just did something comparable to this. Why do they have their championship, their big thing, so early in the well, season? I mean, right. it's springtime. Wouldn't this be at the end of summer? It's not their championship. Okay. It's just there are four majors. And it is, I believe, the first of the four. And it's been a tradition in the golf game forever. It is one of the tournaments, like, if you play professional golf, you want this one badly. A tradition unlike any other, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. As you drive up Magnolia Lane. All the holes at at, uh, at Augusta National all have like their own name. They're all like named after like flowers or something like on the course. Amen Corner is amazing. Like, dude, uh, uh, yeah. By the way, if somebody's got Directv, I'm coming over. They have this thing where you can watch every hole or every group the entire week through. I don't have that. I don't have that ability. But yeah, that kicks off tomorrow. Tiger freaking out. The Masters. Screaming the F word after shanking sandwiches. It's a pretty funny view. Because honestly, it's like watching me. It's like, you know what I mean? That's why I saw myself in Tiger, man. So certain things are just predictable. And a guy wearing a t-shirt that says drunk lives matter sooner or later is going to be arrested for doing something yeah. while uh, having alcohol related. Sounds right. To sure me. enough, a man in a t-shirt that said drunk lives matter was charged with DUI by the police. 44 years old, the guy was, was wearing a green St. Patrick's Day t-shirt charged a couple of days after uh, St. Patrick's Day with DUI after police said he committed <laughs> several traffic violations. So the guy still had the St. Patrick's Day shirt on days. <laughs> After he was stopped at uh, you know twelve fifteen in the a.m., blood alcohol level was found to be at point two one seven. That's pretty high. Point oh eight is the uh, is the legal limit for most states. Point two seven is pretty high there. You know he's setting like high scores, charged with the highest level of DUI, driving under suspension, and traffic violations. Now you know Chris, Christmas lights in the middle of January, pretty trashy. But a St. Patrick's Day shirt days after St. Patrick's Day, dude, beyond trash. Yeah, that is dude, trashy. That's hilarious. That is. That's like I feel like I'm waiting behind you at Speedway to mix two colors of slushy together. It's like wrap it up, put the lid on it, let's go. Some of us have places to be. I know. You need Mountain Dew Rush and the Cherry Cola one. I got it. <laughs> Let me guess. I got, I'm going to be behind you for 20 minutes while you scratch off lottery tickets at the counter, too. He's paying for it with change. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you worry oh about that. Oh, my God. They're accepting EBT cards now. Dude, how many rock stereotypes can we throw in here? Let's get them all in there. All right. So everybody knows that every state, but Ohio especially, it seems like, has this opiate addiction problem. And we do it. It's massively serious. And Canton, Ohio, is looking at doing something. Adopting a system from another place to help combat it. 
We're going to get into this, and it's going to make a lot of you angry, and we'll do that next on Rock 106. Are we live on the radio yeah, yet? We're, we're, li- we're live on the radio right now. Okay. We're live Man, on the radio. We're having that day, right? Well, we, we're due for one. Right? <laughs> we're due for this day. And I said to start the program, I was like, things are not right. We can't get into everything. It will affect something at some point. <laughs> Notice how I'm still keeping a jovial attitude about it all. That's what I appreciate about you. Not Sarah. angry. Not aggravated. <laughs> we're going to be fine. Luckily, dude, we're not doctors. No. You know what I mean? We no. screw something up. <laughs> Nobody's getting sued. It's like, oh my god, Godsmack played too many times. Like, 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 that's the biggest problem. Godsmack can never play too many times. Probably not. Chris Rock playing the State Theater April 20th. We have tickets. We'll get you hooked up with those around 7.30 this morning. Again, online for you as the Master starts tomorrow is a uh, compilation of Tiger Woods missing shots and being angry about it. Tiger's got a little bit of... F- Filthy mouth there. Yeah, high expectations of yourself. You know what I mean? You're you're one of those dudes. I get it. It's just it's a bad look in that game. Oh, of course. You man. know what I mean? Because it's a different game. The gentleman's game, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's also Shut a bad look. Up. It's also a bad look for you guys to be like passing out from alcohol poisoning and doing drugs on the back nine, but nobody stops doing that. Well, I mean, not the PGA tour player. Fair. You know what I mean? That's weekender golfers. That's not not the same thing there. Speaking of the drug use. And I, um, this is going to upset some people because everybody holds this mentality. We better do something about this drug problem because we're just stacking up bodies. And it's true. I, it is. There's something that needs to get done. I, I, I hope everybody can agree to that. I, 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 I guess there's a lot of debate on what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do, what we should do. But I would hope to believe that at least a majority of people feel, well, we got to do something. This issue always comes down to this. We better do something. And mm-hmm. then somebody goes, well, we could try this. And everybody goes, oh, no, you can't do that. That's what happens. And historically, I think I maybe have been guilty of being a naysayer on issues like this time and time again without really thinking of, okay, well, 10 years from now, how does that end up? Well, there's there's a lot of feeling that goes into drug addiction. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of passion one way or the other. And it's hard to introduce logic into situations like this. When on one side, you've got dead bodies. On the other side, you've got people who are fearful for their children that they're going to become addicts. Therefore, they want to keep that as far bay as possible. And I, I understand why people get hot about this. I have said many times, and I We'll say it again now. I only have so much sympathy for a drug addict. As this statement is true, you can only become addicted to something you have tried. And I understand that doctors have overprescribed drug painkillers. I get sure. it. Okay? But most grown-ups know that that stuff should not be abused, and you should be looking at what you're using and going back and maybe finding a second opinion. Some of it is you. Some of it is doctors just going, you know what, just get out of my office. Here's the Vicodin. I will grant you that. Okay, but some of it is you being a grown up and you kind of know what the history of this stuff is and you thought, well, it won't happen to me. Some of it is that. Well, I mean, you know, when you are a person who maybe doesn't have a lot of experience in addiction or something like that. Yeah, you somebody, got a television. Well, I mean, yes, you'd like to think that people were going to educate themselves. Not always going to be the case in something like that. And it's hard to make an argument to somebody who's dealing with chronic pain. Well, this could happen. And it's like, well, dude, this my chronic pain is happening right now. I understand that. It's still a little bit going to be on you about something you were putting in your body to make sure you're doing that properly. I'm- now, they're overprescribing has definitely happened. I'm not debating that, you know, certainly it is your responsibility. It is your addiction. It is your problem. You are the one at the end of the day who has to deal with it. Yes, I I agree 100% there. Cannot be addicted to something you did not try. 
That's, that's what it comes down to. And I would say that the overprescribing of pain meds doesn't – people always say, well, then that's how I ended up on the street buying heroin. Okay, well, at that point, you knew you were doing something different. Right. Yes. The was- moment you're like, well, Oxycontin, that's, a, that's my doctor. I'm just going to go down to the corner and buy heroin. At that point, you knew what you were doing wasn't right. Yes, and certainly, and, 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 and you know, like you said, you have the responsibility to deal with that. Um, and, and I just think, you know, yes, you cannot become addicted to something you did not try, and there is responsibility on, on you in that. And that's a very real reason why there are certain drugs in my life. I'm like, dude, I would no. never do that Keep because I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that. Right. But making one mistake in, 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 in trying that drug or indulging into that drug, I don't think that necessarily should be a death sentence to you like, ah, F you, I'm done with No, it. I, but, but again, I don't like taking the responsibility off of the drug addict. I don't like when people go, well, it's the drug dealer's problem. I think all those things can be true. I do. I, okay, that's fine. I just, dude, at the end of the day, it's not the drug dealer's responsibility. It's the drug addict's responsibility. It's just, that's how I look at it. Because again, this is a personal accountability issue like everything else is. Now, people are addicted to drugs and it's not going to change unless we change it. And somebody has come up with an idea and Stark County has done this. They're going to, and they've already done it, they're going to implement recovery court. And essentially what this is, is it's a two-tier system. And I'm going to cut you off at the pass because if you've been, if, if you've been convicted of a, like a violent crime or this and that, you're not eligible. This is like essentially first time you got busted for drugs. Okay. What they're going to do is they're going to send you to a program, treatment program, okay. versus send you to jail. And what will happen is if you test clean for a year... They then will seal your charge, and it's not on your record. Okay, now that's going to make people angry. Yeah. But what happens there is, if you stop before getting angry and you think about what will happen, this is what happens. Maybe what happens is, is now you're forcing somebody to stay clean all year, and if they can't do it, guess what? You go to jail, so you still get what you want. You still get a criminal in jail. But if you stay clean all year, now I got a person clean for a year, which your chances now... Maybe that makes make, keeps them clean their entire life. They say that honestly, once you're addicted, it's eight percent of people stay clean. The odds are not good. It's like being strapped to a bomb. Sooner or later, it's going off. That's what that does. That's what that addiction will do. Careful, almost almost use a word I don't like using. And I don't have a problem with this because if you're a nonviolent, not like drug offender, maybe help is what you need. Maybe prison isn't what you need. I guess, it, it, you know, are you softening? So by, by softening the punishment, by, by giving you an opportunity here to, to not have to go to jail, I mean, aren't you making it less scary? Aren't you making it like, well, dude, who cares if I get caught? Dude, I'll go to this court, this, this court and it'll be fine and whatever. I, well, yeah, I mean, there's a possibility for that, but I don't know that, that the bad outweighs the good. And we're not risking anything here. The people are doing the drugs already. They're already doing it, uh, but but are you are you risking are you are you risking enabling people who would otherwise have been in jail? Well, so so hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to go to a program, and and you're not going to ha- you know if you pee clean for a year, you're going to be fine. What happens when that person three months from now is back on heroin, peeing dirty, and ends up murdering somebody for dope? You know what I mean? Is that going to be like, well, if you just would have put them in jail, like I told you, you needed to? Is that going to happen at some point? Yes. Will that happen at some point? Yes, because part of the part of that problem is is that people with severe addictions haven't been caught yet. 
They're kind of selling you on this as eh, somebody just kind of weighed into this and then, you know, we'll send them a recovery card and we'll get their life turned around. They are kind of selling you on the upside. And I mean, I think there's a, a real point here of like, yes, you know, this is something that 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 could benefit people and benefit addicts. But on the other hand, it's definitely softening how you're treating them. There's no question that it is. You're it's, giving them an opportunity to not get in trouble. And by sealing it for a year, you're hiding that from people. So I don't know. No, 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 you're, no, 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 no. I, if I read this right, what happens is after a year, then your charge is sealed and not on your record. Well, right. But uh, so a year later, I, all of a sudden, as an employer, I have no way of knowing that this person was arrested for heroin. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, look, I mean, what doesn't stopping people from finding good jobs end up driving them right back to the street to commit crimes and to do drugs? And honestly, what dude? everybody knows. Everybody knows. You know what jail is? Crime school. Nobody's getting dude. How, raise your hand if you've ever met somebody who got reformed in prison. Do prisons aren't reformatories. That's why they're not referred to as reformatories anymore because nobody's being reformed in prison. It's it's crime school. Like dude, like the movie Blow said, I went in with a, with a bachelor's in weed and I came out with a master's in cocaine. And that's of course what happens in federal prison. That's of course what happens. I um I support this idea. I really do. I just see on the other side there's going to be a lot of holes that you can poke in this. I, I I'm 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 not the person who uh who 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 is 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 really believing that like well you know you're just being soft on criminals. You're going to give them the the ability to keep doing this. But I mean people make that argument about Narcan. Don't let them. If you give them Narcan, they're just if you save their lives, you're enabling them. So if if that's the argument when it comes to keeping somebody alive by giving them uh, you know a, a chance to. To seal the record and a chance to not have to go to jail. I mean, that's how is that not enabling? I'll be honest with you. The idea of this sits a little uncomfortable with me, but less uncomfortable than mobile morgues to stack bodies in. Yeah. And at some point, yeah. what do I always say when things make me uncomfortable? I said this about the transgender issue. My comfort isn't the most important thing in America. And more of you need to take that approach with it. More of you need to go, you know what? Just because I'm uncomfortable doesn't mean I'm right. I think another thing that is going to, I don't want to say outrage some people, but at least get them irritated about this, is that uh, what about people who got arrested for heroin 10 years ago? I needed an opportunity. I needed a chance for this to happen. Well, what and you nobody, should, gave, nobody, you know, you should be looking at it going, you know what? I'm thankful for those people who didn't have to have my journey. Maybe. It, well, now that I'm sitting in jail for the rest of my life, I mean, that's an optimistic thing to say, but I don't know if that's necessarily. Well, I mean, look, I mean, you know, we're evolutionary creatures. You know what I mean? So, so now that white kids in the suburbs have this problem, I, now it's when we're going to introduce some sort of a... Okay, well, yes. Is there Has there been a shift in us caring about it because it's affecting different neighborhoods? Yeah, but welcome to society. That's what we do. That's what we do. Eminem said this about the violence in schools. As soon as it was a white kid showing up with a gun, now people cared about Columbine. And then what happened? Yes, there is that thing that happens in life. But it doesn't. But I'm not going to turn around and tell people, no, you continue to do drugs and you continue to die in mobile morgues and all this stuff because, you know, in the 70s, we didn't care about New York City. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And for a problem this big... I'm sorry, we are going to have to look into solutions that don't sit comfortably with me. I, dude, Narcan doesn't so totally sit comfortable with me. This doesn't sit totally comfortable with me. But I am kind of tired about hearing my friends talk about how their friends are dying. And I worry about parents whose kids are addicted to this stuff. And I, this is, 
I'm not sure. Was this an epidemic in the 70s the way it is now? I don't know. I don't know that it wasn't, so I'm not going to say that it wasn't. But it definitely, and again, this is probably media-driven, it definitely feels like this is a bigger issue than it has ever been. And I don't think, and let's be honest, addiction doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care what color you are. There's just something in you that drives you to this stuff. Now, again, you cannot become addicted to something you did not try. And once you can talk to me about overprescribing from doctors, but once you're like, ah, screw my prescription, I'm going to buy packets of heroin for $10 on the street, you know you're at a level you shouldn't be at. And if you're a grown up, you know you've seen 1 800 stop addiction phone numbers all over billboards and all over TV and all over everything for 10 years. My brother went to Glen Bay in 1986. Don't talk to me about how we haven't had systems in place to help you because we have. Are you introducing too much logic into drug addicts there? I mean, you, you know. I'm not introducing too much logic into sober family members. Because what ended up having to happen, we had to, like, we had to sit my brother down. We had to do an intervention. We had to, like, physically take him someplace and take him and make him fix it. And if you're not willing to do that, then that's part of it. Like, what do they always say? In an intervention, remember that TV show? Everybody loved it. Oh, we just couldn't wait to feast off the bones of other people's destruction. And we were, like, viewing it, telling everybody, well, I'm kind of educating myself on, you know, drug addiction really is what I'm doing. No, you're not. You're watching a family fall apart and you loved it. But at the end of the day, what do they always say in that thing? You have to be willing to look at your family member and say, no, no more nights inside. No more more money. No more rides here. No more anything. I think plenty of families have gone to that point and their attic is still out on the street. I will look, man. I, what did I say? The numbers are. The numbers will tell you. 8% of people who try to get sober stay sober. 8%. The numbers are not in your favor. So I, this is, sounds horrific and it sounds harsh, but some people are not going to be saved from this. But I'm not going to look at programs and say, no, we're not doing that for the people who might be. Because any problem that's reaching this level, if we put any dent in this, I feel like it might be good. So as I'm not all for Narcan or I'm not all for recovery court, if it stops this thing from happening or even like helps slow it down, what do I say? You're not going to eradicate problems. But if it helps slow it down, I think you got to look at it. And, it. and I'm like this, too. This is what my always thing is like common sense kind of should prevail. So let's implement the rule. Let's set a time limit on it. We'll look at what the percentages are. We, we, we look at the percentage of everything in this country now. BuzzFeed will tell us what the numbers are in six months. And if it works, it works, we keep it. And if it doesn't, then we throw it out and we, and we don't do it. But I can't have the same people bitching online about family members dying and this and that and then turn around looking at the programs that could maybe help this and maybe fight it and then stick up their nose at it. You can't do that. If you want the help, you got to take the help that they're going to give you. It's just, it just comes down to that. And so I, this problem seems to be getting worse, not better. And so we have to look at things that, yes, maybe even make me and you uncomfortable about drug addicts getting one on the slide. Oh, well, they're getting away with it. You know, I, I, fine. But if it saves your niece or your nephew or one person, maybe you make a mistake and now you go to court and now you, if you can stay clean for a year, you're showing me the dedication that you at least want this. I don't know if you'll be able to do it forever, but you have at least showed the initiative that you want it. And if somebody shows me that they want it, then I want to help save them. That's what I want. If you show no initiative whatsoever, honestly, I'm a little harsh and I'm not sure I totally care. But if you show me initiative, I do want you to be helped. We have Chris Rock tickets. We'll pass those out. And also dispel all the rumors about the NFL. Nobody's watching the NFL. We'll dispel that next on Rock 106.9. 106.9.
Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock 106.9, you're just minutes away from getting hooked up with these Chris Rock tickets as he plays the State Theater April 20th. We have obviously taken a couple of messages over the thing we were previously talking about on the program, which yeah. was uh, Recovery Court in Canton, Ohio, and somebody hit up Fantone and said, you know, not all drug addicts are criminals. And I will remind you that if you've been arrested and you're about to face a court, then yes, you are a criminal. And Fantone said this to me, and he's absolutely right about it. He goes, dude, if you bought heroin and it's in your pocket, you're, you're a criminal. Anyway. And if you have those pills from anywhere but a prescri- from a prescription from a doctor, guess what? That's a criminal activity. Criminal. And we'll even throw ourselves in the fire. You got a bag of weed in your house? Guess what? That's you're, a criminal you're, thing. You're, you're not supposed criminal. to have that. You're a criminal. That may, that you're engaged in criminal activity. So yes, technically, they kind of are. Got a message from a uh, former military member who is currently working at a major Stark County hospital. I won't tell you which one, but okay. one of the big ones. Uh, just yesterday, in an hour, two, right? in an hour period, uh, they had three overdoses come in. That's crazy. I mean, wasn't it like 118 people last year or something? Stark County had. Yeah. 118. So like I said, I'm not totally wild about recovery court. I'm not totally wild about Narcan. I have issues and questions about needle exchange, but I also have an epidemic on my hands. And so like, I'm not going to just say no, just because I'm not helping drug addicts and closing the door. No, no, no. Can't do that anymore. We have to, let's at least implement things and find out if they work, keep them. If they don't, don't. Now I know that's not always the way it works. But a lot of people, a lot of people are on that side of I'm not helping drug addicts. I know in the door. I know I get it. And honestly, it's, it's because you worry they're just running amok. Well, you worry that they're going to take over your life. They're, steal you're your worried, TV yeah, right. to buy drugs. Well, and, and steal your kid and make them a drug addict. And now oh, if I help them, I can't do it. Nope. I'm enabling them and shut the door. It's a tough place, man. I understand why there's passion in this subject, why there's screaming in this subject. It's because there's real arguments on both sides that make yep. sense. And so, like, at that point, you do. You have to hear everyone out. I just read this article, and it was about um, the problem of people overdosing in public places, and it happens all the time. I public know, restrooms are the big thing, right? Yeah, 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 like bathrooms. Like, you know, and I, but I, let's stop transgender people from going to the bathroom at Target, because that's going to be the real issue, even though nobody's seen it not one time since you bitched about it for a year. Well, and it's just like, well, do you introduce a public bathroom? That way, people aren't going to be shooting up in restaurant bathrooms. Do you introduce some sort of a, a shoot-up zone so in, that people aren't shooting up in a... Because as a business more, owner... Well, other countries have. Other countries have looked at, like, you know, uh, you know, needle sheds and stuff where people like, can hook up or, like, red light districts of neighborhoods. And you know what? People were resistant and said, oh, my God, I don't want my kids near that stuff. And what they found out was is families don't want to go to the red light district to see where people are doing drugs. And the drug addicts don't want to be near you while they're doing their drugs because they can feel you judging them. I mean, and so each party wants to stay away from one another. Just imagine, you know, you're a dude, a, a 925 hour employee. You know, your boss is sweating your ass, telling you. You to go clean up that bathroom. You open up the door, and there's a passed out, uh, you know, heroin addict. Oh, dude, I bet like gas station bathrooms are going to be bad for this, All the right? Time, dude, and it, they it, say they're close, they say they're closing rest stops on freeways because of this, because those have become now again in the '80s they were like gay bathhouses or whatever. Right. But like now, the the new problem with them is is apparently people's just doing drugs in them constantly. I don't. I there's there's so many. What do I want to say? Very complicated problems when it comes to this. To uh, to think that you're just going to shut the door on drug addicts or you're just going to shut the door on the problem, you're in denial. You are. I once upon a time had the theory that, you know what? Just legalize it all. Just legalize it all and let's see what happens. Right? Only the strong survive and let's see what happens. Now, that's a little cold-hearted. Yeah, and and you're going to see how weak people really are. And 
Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, dude, we're talking about wiping out like at least a quarter of the population. If you're like, yeah, dude, drugs, just go ahead and do them. I, that, From not, your perspective. Not the best way to get me off of it. Right, right, right. Until those are the people that you love about. And that's the thing is that it's like so easy to slam that door and it's so easy to say, F them, I don't care until it's your son, your this, niece, your son. Exactly. The same people that don't want drug recovery court, the moment your son's arrested, you're going to want drug recovery court. You know why? Because your son's not a bad kid. No, he's he good just apple. messed up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's every mother's story. Mm-hmm. Every mother in America is going to have that story. You got to look past you. And like I said earlier, it doesn't, I'm not totally comfortable with it, but my comfort level does not exceed the needs of the greater good of the, of society. So just because I don't like something doesn't necessarily mean we don't do it. I know selfless, right? Oh my God. (laughs) Like if only more people thought that way, that just because I don't think something's going to to, do, and this is the other thing that makes me crazy about this. It's just because because people will argue this and say, well, you're not going to get rid of it. Well, just because I'm not going to erase 100% of drug addiction doesn't mean I don't tilt at the windmills to try. Well, but at what cost, though? I mean, you can say, hey, anything that makes a dent is is worth it, but if you're making a small dent and spending a significant amount of resources, money, and, and all that, is it really worth it? I Well, it, 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 looking back through these numbers of Drug Recovery Court, you know what? Employment rose like 114% in the people that like th- that had benefited from it. If 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 the number goes down from 118 dead to 117 dead and you had to spend a million dollars and this is all hypothetical numbers that I'm throwing around, you had to spend a million dollars to implement this and you had to let all these other drug addicts, you know, g- get out of jail for free essentially and and, and 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 like we said earlier and there's a case of, you know, some drug addict got out of jail for free, went back to heroin and and shot somebody, is it really worth it so that we save that one life? When you make it about one, no. Wait, two, but you five, and I both, you and I both know not only one life is going to be saved, and we're trying to have that conversation in definites, and there's and, and and it's not that way. I guess it just there's going to be the argument of, of 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 what's the pros and what's the cons here, and and how much do you have to get out of this to the problem to make it is worth it. is that we don't know what the pros or the cons are until we get the system. There's no way to know what those are until we do it. And like I said, let's set a limit. We're going to do this for X amount of time. We will then call over the data and we'll have the data because we over we overanalyze and data everything these days. So we'll have it. And then you take a hard line responsible look at it. Now, that's not how the government works. I totally get that. Okay? But in my mind, I, I, the same people who are arguing we got to do something and then something says, says, well, we could try this, beating them down for suggesting it seems crazy to me. It just seems crazy to me. Again, we are at the point where we're borrowing mobile morgues to stack dead bodies. How do you turn away an idea at that point? It's like you ever go to a meeting at work and somebody says there's no idea too stupid. We're just going to spitball here. Now, everybody knows there's going to be ideas that were too stupid to be said out loud. Everybody knows. But what ends up happening through that is six coworkers sit around. They all like, oh, your idea is almost there. But if we do this part and like I'll add to your idea. And then Fantone says, well, yeah, but that's great. But then we'll do this. And now all of a sudden you take an idea, you mix four other opinions into it, and you come up with one really good idea. Shouting down from the Facebook accounts about how you're, all you're doing is helping drug addicts, all it will do is suppress that spitball idea that ends up creating the thing that really helps us. Your comfortability in what's happening around you is not important to anyone else. Your comfort is only important to you. 
Ending epidemics is important to all of us. How we do it and whether or not you think it's smart or you think it's good matters to nobody outside of your home. It just doesn't. And if it were your kid, you would want drug recovery court. You know you would, so don't be a hypocrite. And again, I'll remind you, it's not like, oh, well, I got arrested for heroin and I killed two people. They're they're not eligible. Right. This is pulled over, had heroin on you, first-time offense. Maybe we do this. Let's try treatment instead of throwing you in jail. We're honestly, what, what's harder about jail now? You get out after serving your time for a heroin possession, which is what, probably a year, maybe, not even, and then guess what you can't get when you get back out? Get a a job. job. No, and so now what, what are they doing? They're draining the resources from the federal government, just handing it out to lazy people, and then you're going to bitch about that. Yeah, you are. You're going to bitch about that. Yeah, and I'm the same guy who bitches about that, too. I don't want to pass out government money to people who don't want to work. But if you send people to prison and they get out and they can't get a job, all you've done is create somebody else that needs a handout. That's it. That's all you've done to try to make yourself more comfortable. We've talked about this in the past when it, it it's related to DUI before. That The first time you get caught is not the first time you did it. And I'm going to apply that same logic to heroin. Um, this concept of like, well, you know. No, I just made a mistake. I, right, yeah, right, right, right. I mean, come on. A 17-year-old you got with a pack of heroin in your pocket. That's not a mistake. A 17-year-old with a bag of weed. Okay, you know, you're dumb and you're trying things out. But if you're an adult with heroin on you, it's not like this is your first run with it. You didn't just go to your dealer and happen to get pulled over. Where'd you even get it from? You don't just have a, a dealer. <laughs> like The catalyst for the, because people are going to ask about the numbers. The catalyst for recovery court was a $408,000 addiction treatment program that came from a grant that Stark Mental Health and whatever the, the rest of this acronym is got from Ohio Mental Health and Addiction Services this fiscal year. They were awarded a grant for this. Sooner or later, yes, it's coming out of your pocket. Welcome to life. Okay. So yes, welcome to life. You know what? I, I forget which president it was, but somebody smart once said that taxes are the price you pay for a civilized society. And that's true. That's what happens. So I'm going to go back to this. We were going to talk the NFL here, but we're already on this. So let's just go back to this. You know, yeah. I read an article the other day that said in states where, where marijuana has been legalized, opiate addiction has reduced by 25%. Sure. 25. Sure. Sure. 25. So let's go back to the legalizing marijuana issue. Sure. Okay. This problem that you're worried about with legalizing marijuana, gateway drug, gateway drug, gateway drug. Guess what? We're stacking bodies in mobile morgues. The, the problem you're worried about with legal marijuana is already here. So legalize the marijuana, reduce our opiate addiction by 25%, and let money fall from the sky. Jeez. Starting to sound like Sansbury's been making sense for three years, doesn't it? Yeah, because that's all he ever does. More Sansbury Show next. Hang on. X9. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Jerk. On Rock 106.9, coming up at 9 You're o'clock, we'll talk to Canton Charge You're player John Holland as the Charge are in action later this evening at the Civic Center for the first playoff game of their run. We, of course, here at the Sansbury Show, huge Charge fans, and we would like to see a Canton Charge World Championship. No doubt. Good. Yeah, very exciting times, man. I, uh, I'm excited Kay Felder's going to be playing. I'm excited that Larry Sanders is going to be playing. And uh, hopefully we get this first W. First 500 people through the door, get a bobblehead, and uh, we'll be passing out a four-pack of tickets here shortly. And then again, after we talk to John Holland, I want to congratulate Susan Ray, who won her way into the Chris Rock Show. I don't know if that's two first names, but you know, whatever. It's kind of unheard of there at that point. You're a jerk. 
Apparently, she said, yeah, I sat here and listened through Stansbury bitching about stuff so I could win these tickets. Well, yeah, that's why we give stuff away. So you sit there and listen to me bitch about that. Please keep listening. Absolutely. You, you like Chris Rock, right? So what, what was it? About two weeks ago, maybe it was, where we were talking about um, out of Canton where some of the uh, homeowners near Republic Steel had been complaining about like... It was like black soot on the side of their house, right? Yeah, I think it was less than that. It was probably the last week. Was it you know? last week? Yeah, and it was um, essentially, you know, there's not black, but like a grind to it. It doesn't look like, you know, coal, but it, there's like a filth to it. It looks dirty. It looks like like dingy. It looks I, like you smoked. You know, you ever, you ever at your grandma's house when she used to smoke yes. cigarettes inside and the, how the how the like how the drapes would have that gross yellowness like yellow. to them? If that's what it looked like to me. My grandmother, my dad's mom. I was talking about her a little bit yesterday. Josephine would drink Genesee cream ale and would smoke Pall Mall cigarettes all day. And it would be like a hundred, like everybody's grandma. The house was 122 degrees. You know what I mean? No windows open. And yeah, like her white tablecloths would be like, yeah, would be like smoker's teeth. Like it, yeah, it was, yeah. It's like, come on, grandma, we got to wash some of the stuff. Let's get a window open up in here. We're going to die in here. No, there'll be a draft. <laughs> it's like, grandma, there's 122 degrees in this house. What are we doing? Just Werther's originals everywhere. She did, did like the Werther's. Of course she did. She did Dude, have the of Werther's. Of course she did. Just cheaping out cigs, drinking Genesee, and sucking on Werther's. <laughs> Yeah, Josephine was a character, man. She was. She... What a life, dude. Honestly, if I could trade all my chips in right now and be your grandma, I might have to. Oh, yeah. I mean, she worked at the phone company back when that was like a good job to have. Had it like forever. Could totally retire that whole thing. And then, yeah, she just drank six packs of Jenny and smoked her cigarettes. That's what she did. But there was like um, like this like soot like on these people's homes. I remember right. the audio. The guy saying is like, my house just seems dingy and I'm not this guy. Right. So they were suspicious. The homeowners were that this was coming from Republic Steel, which is close to their homes. Now, I don't think that that's crazy to think that may, maybe that was part of or maybe the problem. I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. I remember when we first talked about this story, it's like, well, let's not jump to conclusions, but not too far of a jump there. Not too far of a. a, a, a I could see that being right, a thing. Right. Right. And so now. Jim Adams, the health commissioner. I have his quote here. He says, we did a full compliance inspection of the facility. We did not find any violations due to lead or find any emission violations. Now, that was Jim Adams, the health commissioner. So what I will say about that is this. Just because you didn't find violations doesn't mean that that's not what's over these people's homes, right? right? right. What we're dealing with there is, is that the rules are written so you can operate business and yet... We don't totally care what happens to the house over there, right? Now, <laughs> this sounds so terrible, but I don't live over there, right? And so, like, I've got this thing where I'm like, I'm kind of in the middle because if that were my home, I'd be furious, right? If, if I, because let's be honest, buying a home, that's the biggest purchase you're ever going to make. Besides your divorce, right. your house is the biggest, best purchase you're ever going to make. And so it costs you a lot of money. The whole reason you wake up and drive to work every day is because you're trying to live in that place. So if somebody else was like destroying that, I would be, I feel your pain there. But I also understand 
that we need jobs in this town. I need people to be able to go to work someplace. And so, like, there does need sometimes you create laws or you create certain things or you set limits at the point where, yeah, there's like the healthy level of this that can be in the air. And yeah, you're allowed to have this much rat hair in peanut butter. And right, I mean, there are certain things that are just kind of built in here. Oh, I agree with you 100% that there's going to be a level, but if 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 that level... I mean, if you're covering houses, though? That's, that's exactly what I'm going to say, is that, like, yeah, you can say that, well, there's a safe, certain safe, you know, amount, but it's like, dude, this is negatively impacting the community, whether it's in a health way or it is in a, a, a value of property. Like, uh, from that argument alone, as a homeowner, as somebody who owns property here, you are bringing down the value of my house and the surrounding neighborhood, which brings down the value of my house even further, so... Yeah, we need to have jobs, but it's just because you produce jobs, just because you employ people, doesn't mean you have a free for all when it comes to you know negatively impacting the community. Newer resident to George View Estates is Martha Miles, and she said, "We just moved into the neighborhood, and the top of our house is all dirty and dark." She said, "We're concerned about breathing and all that other stuff. We're concerned about our health," said Miles. And uh, Roger Zachary, uh, another resident, concerned, says he says he had concern, but then it got heightened after he learned that they used lead in that plant. And yeah, if I lived right there, I would be concerned about that. I would absolutely be concerned about that. I've got audio from Fox 8. Do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me hear that. You know how much lead was put in steel? People packed into Canton City Council chambers Tuesday night. It's in the atmosphere. Concerned residents there to hear the results of a recent investigation by the city health department. We did a full compliance inspection of the facility. Uh, we did not find any violations related to lead or any emission violations at all. This comes after neighbor complaints that Republic Steel is emitting particles that are covering nearby homes in a film of dust. We just moved into the neighborhood and it's in a, the top of the house is all dirty and dark. Martha My Worth noting, and I know we said it last week, but worth noting that like this can't even be power wash off. It's not like, ah, dude, your house is a little dusty. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that. They yeah. Were, like there's some guy, didn't he go to like one of the Home Depot or Lowe's or something? He got a pressure washer, tried to do it, and it didn't budge. Right. So, I mean, this is a that problem. has to be coming from there. And like I said, yeah, they may have not broken any violation. They, they may they're not, not be, they may have not broken a rule. There may be no violations, but that's because of the way the rule is written, I would imagine. Miles and her husband, Harry, are new to George View Estates. Yeah. Sure, we're concerned with the breathing and all this other different pollution and stuff. We're concerned about your health. I want to know if we're safe in, in, in my community. Roger Zachary has lived there for over 20 years. Oh, wow. The thing that really brought us out is when we heard about this lead. We've been, they've evidently been running lead processes since 2004. Uh, this facility does have a permit to use lead as part of the seal making process. The quantities are very, very low. Uh, the emission limits for lead are set to be extremely protective of public health and especially address the protective needs that we need for children. And Republic Steel. I guess the thing I'm going to say about that. kind of sounds like a forced statement. Right. And, and I saw yesterday there was a woman from the repository who was uh, kind of like at this at this live tweeting it. And one of the arguments being made was like, like lead's not even a carcinogen. And like, you're not even going to get cancer from it. And it's like, well, yeah, but there's huge negative impacts when it comes to this kind of stuff. And like. Three years ago, people in Flint, Michigan were like, yeah, water's safe to drink. You know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah, you can say that, like, oh, well, dude, no, it's low levels and it's no problem. It's this, that, and the other. Yeah, but, like, I mean, trusting a health commissioner is crazy. I mean, you, you, you got to remember where his interest lies, and that's being remaining employed. And so who's pulling the strings there and telling the dude what to say? And who's looking the other way? I, it, this, like any other problem, follow the money, and then you'll find out who's at fault.
sentence that despite the residue on nearby homes, it is in compliance with environmental regulations. We did find mold and pollen, algae. We found some uh, dust that might be related to slag operations and diesel fumes. Uh, we haven't found anything we think is related to steel operations, but it's very difficult to tell with just a little spot sample like that. So further investigation will have to be done to kind of characterize the material that we found on their houses. All of the dust and all of the particles that has come to my neighborhood, I'm not saying that it was contaminated with lead, but just the dust alone. We should know. We have a lot of sick people in my neighborhood. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I would start to draw that conclusion, too, if I live there. I'm not sure that that's going to be the case, but I would draw that conclusion. I would, I, It would be in my line of thinking, for sure. I mean, you kid has ass. You know what I'm saying? And whether you, whether it's you, Republic Steel, that caused it, or you that, that isn't doing enough to make sure that the, the air quality, you know, it's... I understand why these people feel victimized by this. I, I truly and genuinely do. What, what I know a lot of people right now in their car are thinking, move. Just move. Now, the problem is, is that, well, now it's a story. And now it's been in the media. So who's going to buy the house? Right. Nobody. Right. If I'm going, first of all, if I know the story, I'm going to not even go to that neighborhood. But if I don't know this story and I walk into the neighborhood and the realtor's showing me around and like, oh, yeah, look at this house. And I'm going to be like, what's all this gross crap all over the neighborhood? No, it's actually much worse than that. Because what will happen is this. An opportunistic person with money will go in there, who doesn't need a home to live in, will buy your property for pennies on the dollar because you want to get out of there. He'll buy the house, he'll rent it to people, won't live there, and won't care what happens because it's just an investment for him. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And honestly, as a guy who rents, less homeowners is bad. You want people, you want, like, if you live in a house, you want your neighbors to own that home. Oh, yeah. Because they care about it more if they own it. Right. I mean, they're going to, they're going to have a, a, a you Take know. Take care of it. Upkeep. Yeah, they're, right. They're invested into the neighborhood. They're going to, to Not want, that all renters are scumbags. Not even close. I rent. So does Fantone. So we're not going to yell at ourselves. And not that all homeowners are, like, great people or anything exactly. like that. that but too. as a whole, yes, you want homeowners in a neighborhood. Yeah, there, there's no question about it. For and sure. You're right, dude. That's totally what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Dudes with money are going to go in there and be like, I can get these houses for pennies on the dollar. I'll rent them out. I'll make so much money. And welcome to capitalism. That's how life works. This is terrible. I don't know if Republic Seals to blame or not, but I would draw that conclusion. It would be in my line of thinking that it's like, well, that big factory is right there. That that smokestack's right there. And now stuff's all over my house. I would think that. I would think it. I don't know who's to blame, but if they're going to continue to look into it, and like I said, don't fall into the, well, no violations were problems, so obviously nothing's an issue. No, that's about how the laws are written. You know what I mean? Again, I'm pro-business, so I don't necessarily want to go too far down that path because you need jobs as much as you need homeowners. You can't have homeowners without jobs. That's as simple as that. A masculine woman is going to spend some time behind bars and... Rightfully so. We'll give you her story next on Rock 106.9. Posting restitution for wow. what she has done. Wow. And here's what happened. A masculine woman, again, Margaret M. Davis, 56. Pride of Tiger Town. Yeah. Yet, was sentenced to 18 months in prison for workers' compensation fraud. <sighs> Apparently, this is stemming from a previous job where she worked as a postal worker. She's 56, also ordered to pay roughly 50 grand in restitution. At a recent hearing in the U.S. District Court in Cleveland, she had previously pleaded guilty to one count of making a false statement and fraud to obtain federal employees' compensation. She falsely had stated back in 2015 she had not been uh, imprisoned uh, the prior 15 months. 
She falsely stated in 2015 she had not been imprisoned the prior 15 months when completing forms to continue her disability benefits under the Federal Employees Compensation Act, according to federal court documents. Do I? All right. Am I getting lost in this? So no. was she in, was she incarcerated and in saying that she wasn't? She was not, I believe, is what that is. She had not been imprisoned. Okay, okay. A U.S. Postal Service Office of Inspector General Investigation revealed she had completed the forms while serving time in an Ohio prison. So she was already behind bars filling out this paperwork trying to get this compensation. That's strange. I mean, you're. I mean, dude, somebody's got your name written down on a document of where you are, right? Well, you'd, you'd like to think so, but I mean, it really does go to show you the communication errors that can happen between big organizations like this. I mean, you'd like to think, well, yeah, yeah you're in pri- you're in prison. That'd be pretty easy information for for the unemployment office to figure out, but obviously, it was not. How did she like? How did she get the documents? So I guess her husband or something, or spouse, yeah, probably or, a visit. Yeah, okay, and, huh? I mean, somebody can ask you to like sign paperwork and okay. Uh, apparently she was sentenced, Margaret Davis was, to 30 months in prison in 2014 after pleading guilty in Stark County Common Pleas Court to a felony charge of failing to comply with an order of signal of a police officer. This lady's a train wreck. Yeah, she's a little bit of a wreck. (laughs) This lady's not good at life. Here's the thing. Now, she was in jail or whatever, but like, I would imagine getting away with workers' comp anymore, like fraud, has got to be really difficult. Because back in the day, what it was like, it was a guy like in a Chevy celebrity following you around with binoculars and a clipboard, right? But now your neighbor's got a smartphone in his pocket. And let's be honest about this. If the rumor starts to spread in your neighborhood that you're getting over on the government and that guy's got to wake up every day and go to work and do his 12 hours a day to just get food on the table, what do you think that dude's going to do? He's going to take video of you and he's going to take you down because you're doing something he can't do. I think I think uh, when it comes to scamming the unemployment system or scamming, you know, uh, uh, systems like this, I think it's pretty common. I think it, it happens more than people really want to admit. Oh, I think, God, yeah. I think everybody kind of knows somebody along the line who has done something like this, yet Nobody turns them in. I'll tell you another big one is unemployment. That's a big one that people like scam over. Okay. Now I have been on unemployment once before, twice before, maybe. All right. And they, their whole thing was, is you got to look for two jobs a week and they still give you your money. Like that's a ridiculously low bar. Yeah. Ridiculously low. Yeah. Now in this industry, you don't even have to put your pants on to apply for jobs. No, most. You take your right anymore? Right. right. In our business, it's like, dude, your application doesn't mean nothing matters. Send them a, like a 5-minute audio reel. This is what I sound like doing radio, blah blah blah, call me, we'll talk n- right. numbers, right? So like it was easy to do those. Well, I mean, even if it's just, you know, any business, I mean, you can go to mcdonalds.com, go to the career section and fill out an application right now. Bam. Do that twice. Do it at McDonald's or Burger King. I'm done for the week. I get paid for the week. You know, I mean, like, but here's the thing is we all know somebody in that situation right now who's either a collecting an unemployment check or disability check or, or, or whatever the case is that is scamming the system. Yeah. And you ain't going to do nothing about like, it. The Going back to the unemployment, like they wouldn't even ask for verification. It just asked you. You went online on the computer. Did you apply for two jobs? Wow. Yes. Who's saying no to that? I didn't have to supply. Now, this was years ago. It was 2009-ish when this was going on. This, you, you didn't, I, didn't have to prove, I didn't have to provide any proof that I had done it whatsoever, and that money showed up. What you- and they were, again, I moved to Oregon then, and I called the unemployment office in Ohio, and I said, look, I'm moving out of the state of Ohio. I don't feel right taking your money anymore. And she said to me, she goes, well, if you're, we'll totally still send you your unemployment checks in Oregon. She's like, you can totally still get this money. 
She's like, are you going right to work in Oregon? I said, no, probably not. And she's like, oh, well, you know, continue to well, file. And I said, no, I don't feel right about doing that. Well, I mean, you paid into that, though. That's the whole thing is you as an employed person paid into unemployment. The safety net exists. Right. exists that is true. And, 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 and you paid for it while you lived in Ohio. So the safety net exists for a reason. And, and rightfully so. I mean, it has to. There's plenty of people who go through temporary bad times where it's like, God damn, dude, I just got fired. Don't know what's going to happen. And let's, you know, let's use that as a way to keep food on the table so my kids don't starve but i mean i was going out west to chase another opportunity and i felt like it was wrong for me to continue to take money from the state of ohio when i wasn't going to be here when when honestly when i'm an able-bodied person who could go to work and you know i was like no nah, i'm not doing this i don't feel right about doing it. i cut myself off from it before because i was like dude sooner or later like this is not okay where, where do you stand on people who are collecting a check whether it's unemployment or disability and let's say it's you know five hundred dollars a week in the hypothetical numbers here that's I about could, what you get i could i could go get a job that's paying me four hundred dollars a week should i stick with my job and get the four hundred dollars or should i get the five hundred and 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 live off the i mean it's hard to tell people to take less money i mean it is i mean it's going to be a hard thing to do but i would tell you that with that job that will not come with unemployment is also the money and a little bit of pride and that pride is worth a hundred bucks to me that's what i would say worth a thousand bucks worth five you know what i'm saying like it just it's a weird yeah but i mean at the end of the day get off i mean dude if you're offered a job go work that's what it is that's that's what it is. I heard that when I was out in Oregon. People would say, well, I'd go get a job, but these jobs don't pay what, what government assistance does. And yet they would bitch about Obama being president. And it was like, well, dude, that's the guy handing out all the goddamn money. You can't bitch about the guy that you're taking the money from. Like that, dude, it made me so crazy living there because they would bitch, bitch, bitch. Republicans are better. Republicans, dude, they will cut the faucet off tomorrow on your ass. They're going to make you go to work. But yet they hated Obama. It was like the craziest thing I had ever seen in my entire life. I'd never seen anything like it. But yeah, I would prefer you go to work. And like I said, I came off that willingly because I was like, this doesn't sit right with me. This doesn't sit right with how I was raised. Is it a good system for people to use short term? Absolutely. And it's needed. And you're right. People pay into it. So you know what? In transition, I'm fine with it. When you start making it a career, it bothers me. And and I think and that should bother me and it should bother other people. Now working workman's comp fraud, like I had a buddy who did this, right? This is years, years, years and years ago. And he legitimately got hurt on the job. Yeah. And it was a back issue. Sure. Okay. And so then what did they do? They prescribed all the Vicodin and all the Oxycontin and all that stuff. Like ten years this is no God longer. This is like 15, 20 years ago now. And you know, it moved into the point where he, even his family started to think, you know, he could probably go back to work now. Like, he, we, he says he's in pain, but do we know? And like this and that. And so much so that, honestly, I think a marriage of his ended up dissolving because she kind of felt like, you need to get over this and you need to go back to work and you need to get on this. This has moved from I'm hurt into now I just don't want to do it. And that's exactly what was going on with this woman. And so I would tell you, I mean, dude, fraud is bad, and judges are going to throw the book at you. And I'm telling you right now, it's easier than ever, I would assume, to be caught with workman's uh, comp fraud. Because like I said, your neighbor's got motivation to turn you in. Nobody wants you getting over if they don't get over. You know what I mean? So if you're going to do this, I would never tell anybody. But what you should do is wake your ass up when the alarm clock goes off and go to work. April 5th is one of these days that actually does matter in the history of rock. You know how radio stations are, today's rock history matters because of this. But April 5th is a big one. 
We'll examine that next after Allison Chains on Rock 106. Deal from when I was a kid. I know he's a um, an author now, and not like an author of political books or his opinions or anything like that. But he's authoring like a mystery series. Really? Where I think it's I think it's Sherlock Holmes's like great nephew or something like that. In modern times and like I mean, it's just something I definitely would have been a part of, and I'm a little bummed out I missed it. Strange. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. So. You, if you follow a radio station account, you probably follow more than one. You realize they all post the same damn thing. Right. Coming but, up next, Kid Rock all summer long. But one of the things that radio station accounts now will do is this day in rock history. This day matters in rock history. Sure. And normally, I'm one of these guys that's like, I don't care about any of this. Right. <sighs> the Rock Report. Here we go. What's Here going on? Well, tell, go. tell us what the guitar player from Jackal did. <laughs> They're okay. in the studio working on their 16th album. Nobody okay. will buy. Right. right. It's like that kind of stuff. Okay. Right. But April 5th is a big one. All right. As our format, the rock format, lost two heavyweights on this day, but years apart. Okay. April 5th, 1994, we lost Kurt Cobain. Obviously, everybody knows Kurt Cobain, frontman and engineer of Nirvana. Some say one of the most influential bands in the history of music. And I don't know if they're the greatest rock band or whatever, but you do have to put them on the list of really influential bands. Oh, yeah, dude. I will argue against them being the greatest band. I will I'll, dude, I'll argue that, but you can't deny the influence. You can't deny how important they were, how many, you know, and I guess maybe this is a, 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 a testament to Kurt Cobain and Nirvana not being as good as everyone thought, but like how many rock bands nowadays were inspired to pick up their guitars by Kurt Cobain. It's a, they have the very much the same, they have the same factor Kiss does, which is they weren't the greatest musical band ever, but they made every other band want to play. <sighs> Look how bad the rock format is now. I mean, look how look how piss poor the format well, is. Well, you make a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah, sooner or later you lose generation equality. Same is true with people. You know what I mean? Your dad started out great. Brother's still pretty good. What the <laughs> hell happened to you? You know what I mean? Like that's that's. I mean that's what happened. I mean that's what happens. You know what I mean? And so we lost Kurt Cobain. And I, you know, just yesterday on the program we played Lake of Fire off of MTV Unplugged. And I said to Phantom, I was like, I'm not taking that one out of the log because we never play it and it's awesome. And I was telling him, I was like, dude, I remember, I'll never forget. I'll never forget when MTV Unplugged came out. It was me, my buddy Kevin, and we were loaded up in <laughs> Shaw McCobbville Chevy Beretta. Neon green coming from the bottom of the car. MTV Unplugged. Sweet smoke everywhere. Kirk knew, man. He knew, man. It was totally that record for me. Was he the last... Voice of a generation like a rock star, of rock stars? like the yeah. last voice of a generation rock star. I feel like it has to be. Who's the voice of the generation now? Like who would have been the voice of the two thousands? We always talk about there's two rock stars left on the planet: Dave Grohl being one, mm-hmm. and Corey Taylor being. And we're kind of stretching at both. And we're stretching at both. And neither one of those dudes am I putting as voice of the generation. No. As much as I love the Foo Fighters, and I think the Foo Fighters ended up being a better band than Nirvana, not bigger, but better, and. Yeah, I could never call Dave Grohl the voice of the generation. He's not. He's just not. As a matter of fact, Kurt Cobain didn't even get that title for the 90s. They gave it to Trent Reznor. And honestly, probably rightfully so there. But yeah, man. I mean, Kurt was something else, though. Yeah. Like, because he. Trent doesn't necessarily transcend music. Where Kurt did well, and a big part of that is is that the it, is Trent Reznor's alive, yeah, and that much is like true. Tupac and Biggie and a million other examples that we can point to of like, well, is it is it, what what is it is it your greatness or is it the story is it the is it the you know the mystique that kind of follows you and Kurt Cobain definitely gets that nod. 
He had the heroin nods, too, just passing out. Constantly. Slave, dude, whatever. Constantly. Courtney totally killed him, by the way. I've watched enough documentaries. She was totally complicit. The investigator she once hired to prove her innocence then flipped midway through the case. was like, no, dude, she totally did it. I forget the name of that documentary. It was on Netflix. Soaked in Bleach yeah. is what it was. Yeah. Soaked in Bleach. And honestly, you should watch it because it's an eye-opener. But again, we lost not one, but two men on this fateful day. And in 2002, April 5th, we lost Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. And for me, this is opinion, okay? The better of the two bands versus Nirvana. The better of the two bands, better catalog, better songs, hold up better today. If you're asking me, yo, you can either listen to the best of Nirvana or the best of Alice in Chains, I'm going to Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains, I am. right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I have long said that my favorite band from that era, you got to remember, this is the stuff that was popular when I was in high school. This all stuff, this all hit while I was in high school. And my favorite band from that whole era is a band nobody cares about called The Screaming Trees. But that's my favorite band from the whole Seattle sound. The Screaming Trees were amazing. Crawl Space is one of the best songs you'll ever hear. Love that song. Love that band. Troubled Times from The Screaming Trees is probably in my top 10 favorite songs of all time. I love that band, but nobody cares about them. So, like, if I take them out of it, if I was going to rank rank the grunge bands for me, Phantom. Um, I, I, I definitely have to say Soundgarden was the best of the era. There's okay. no question about that. They were the best band. And okay. that you know, um uh, Allison Chains probably shortly behind them. Um I, I'd put Pearl Jam as a band I prefer over Nirvana. Um, am, I, am I missing something obvious where I'm like, oh, or, uh, if, those are the, if those are the Mount Rushmore's of it. I don't know if you would consider this band, but they're going to be in the era and maybe you didn't think about them being, which would be Bush. Yeah, I feel like a little later. Didn't come, didn't come from Stone was 94, right? I don't know. I mean, okay, yeah, I mean, we can make that argument. I'm not saying you got to throw them in there anyway. It just, you know, maybe you didn't think about them is all. See, I feel a little bit differently than you. Is that I think Alice in Chains, pound for pound, was the best band from that era. I think Chris Cornell was the best singer from that era for sure. You can make the argument Chris Cornell is one of the best singers maybe ever. He can sing anything. He's got all the range in the world. But I would rank it Alice in Chains. Now again, taking Screaming Trees out of it, I would rank it Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. As far as like, I'm talking catalog. But I think Alice in Chains, like, I forget, what was the name of that album that had, like, the three-legged dog on it? Like, there uh, there was a song off that album called Head Creeps, which is, to this day, I love that song. I still, every time I, like, crank that song up when I'm playing golf or whatever, I just love it. But I think, for me, Lane Staley was the bigger of the two losses because I would say, today, if Lane Staley were still around, you would see Alice in Chains on the road... And the records probably wouldn't be as good anymore, but they would still be not. on the road. And they still are with that new singer or whatever. But they would still be viable in the ticket-selling venue, and Lane would probably still sound good. Where I think had Kurt stayed alive, Kurt Cobain was going to be in the, I'm not doing this anymore, and I'm not going out there, and I'm too big for this, and I'm not doing that, and corporate magazines suck, but I'm not going to do this. Like I, I feel like Kurt would have gotten to the point where, honestly, had he not killed himself, you would have wanted to kill him how annoying he got. Jeez. Right? Like, Kurt Cobain just kind of feels that way to me. Like, great, legendary, all the stuff, but at the end of the day, he would have been wildly annoying by now.
And you would hope that you would be like, dude, somebody shoot that dude in the head. A little bit of Axl Rose there, huh? A little bit. Oh, yeah, Temple of the Dog, I guess you gotta... Eh, it's super band. I don't feel like that was a real band, right? No, I mean, it, they kind of yeah. came together for that... Right. That the soundtrack and then the one album, although pushing forward back on that album was amazing. Rock Station should play that. Pushing forward back was amazing. They're saying, I guess somebody's tweeting in. Dan uh, Winger's uh, tweeting in, telling me that the voice of the 2000s, they're saying it's Green Day. Ugh. Ah, dude, at that point, huge band. But the voice of that generation would have to be Jonathan Davis from Corn, right? I can't imagine anybody, any frontman had a, had a bigger impact in that era. We are just stretching to find it. Yeah. I, the real voice of the generation, Kanye West. <laughs> I hate to say it, but Kanye West there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mother Love Bone was good. I, I, I will throw in Mother Love Bone. Again, kind of a super group of like Pearl Jam and a couple of other bands from that era. There's another one we're missing that was really good. I, the, the name's escaping me. But yeah, I would personally, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. They're all really good. But if you're talking catalog of songs, that's where I would have to rank them. John Holland, Can't Charge player, and a four-pack of tickets for the Can't Charge game. All on Rock 106.9 next. It's different, you know, like okay. you rather play. As a basketball player, you always want to play. Right. When you're up there in the NBA, obviously these stars, you know, their goal is the NBA championship. Our goal is the championship too, but, like, we also want to show what we can do. And the only right. way to show what you can do is, is to, to play. Is to be on the court. Yeah. yeah. I, I know there's a, um, what do I want to say, there's a, 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 a real challenge when it comes to D-League teams and the, uh, the, the, the kind of purpose of the D-League is to be a showcase league, is to be able to show you guys the skill sets off, and that's why I always tell people, dude, if you want to watch good basketball, go to an NBA D-League game, because those dudes are busting, those dudes are busting their ass Hustle. to make it to the next yeah. level. If you're one step away, you're one blown MCL away from, from having that opportunity, and as a dude who's played, you know, not only in the NBA, not only in the D League, but you know, uh, upper echelon basketball across the across the world. I know you played in NCAA. I know you played in Europe and different places, Puerto Rico, Celtics things like even, that. Yeah. Um, what differences do you see between you know all those different types of basketball and what the NBA D League is? Honestly, I think that in the NBA in the D League, I don't I don't think there's a a league that plays harder than the D League. Every game, guys are hungry. They're out there to show and prove that they're NBA players, and they know people are watching every game. So I don't think there's any league in the world that plays harder than the D-League. We're talking to John Holland, Canton Charge player. Uh, should let you know this, audience. Over the last four games, John Holland has averaged 30.5 points while shooting 54.3% from the floor and 50%, 50% from the three-point line. Fire. He's made 20 straight free throws, John Holland has. Man, it kind of sounds like by these numbers, you're the man. <laughs> Like, dude, I have the best D League player. All, in the world. all that goes out the window. All that goes out the window tonight. You know, it's a new season. I love that mentality. Dude. And you guys are getting K Felder. 
And uh, you had said to the Canton rep, I think it's going to help. It's going to be a challenge, but I think we're up for it. Getting Kay Felder back, like, you know, anytime you get a player like that, that's going to be a boost for you guys? Yeah, I think we get Kay and Larry, so that that's yeah. definitely going to oh, be a right? big boost for us. Oh, I like hearing that. Uh, John, how tough is it as an NBA D-League player? I mean, you know, it, it was three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Quinn Cook was kind of the guy, you know, you know, as, as the point guard, and there was a lot of offense going through him, and now it's like you have to incorporate, you know, Kay Felder, and oh my gosh, Larry Sanders is coming up. How challenging is that as not only an individual, but as a team to incorporate new players and have guys going out and coming in all the time? Um, It's, it's a little tough, but as, as D-League players, you're used to it. There's a lot of turnaround in this league. There's a lot of different guys going back and forth, so you kind of get used to it. You you adapt. And now we've had K now for like I think eleven games, so I think we we're pretty much used to used to him and how Good. he plays. And he's gonna be he's gonna help us tremendously. I think. We're talking to the small forward from the Canton Charge. Uh, we have John Holland on the line with us. We appreciate you joining us. And uh, for some people that might not know, this is the sixth year straight where the Canton Charge has made the playoffs. And uh, I, I feel like you guys probably got a good run at the championship for you, and we'd love to have a championship here in Canton. That'd be amazing. Man, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I I know I think we're the best team in the D-League, and obviously the Raptors, they have the best record, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be it's going to be a challenge, but I I think we could I think we could do it. Uh, like you said, dude, it's it's a new it's a new season today, so that absolutely. Raptors so that Raptors 905 record ain't nothing now. Like that we we yeah. we we've we've moved on from that. Um you know, I, uh, I've been watching Canton Charge basketball for the past four years that I've lived in Canton, and honestly, I can say that you guys are the most talented squad that I've seen so far. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things that are going to happen. Teams. Of charge okay. teams. Okay. Yeah, of charge teams, yeah, of teams that have worn the wine and gold in Canton, Ohio. You guys are definitely the most talented team. Um, how, how, how do you as a team kind of, uh, what do I want to say, how do you guys feel like you're going to live up to the expectations of these playoffs? Honestly, like I said, I think we're the best team with, with all the guys we have, Eric, uh, Rosie, ev- everybody, top down, we, we I think we're the we're the best team in the league, and and we're gonna we're gonna find out because we go against the team with the best record, so we we're gonna find out early. Yeah, I'm, it's gonna I'm, be a good test. I'm very excited about that. You guys tip off later this evening. I do want to talk to you, John Holland, and I don't know, maybe you didn't see it, but I would I, I just assume that you're a basketball player, so maybe you're interested. Did you watch the national championship game the other night between North Carolina and Gonzaga? I did. Did you I watch did. that? Now, I I didn't see the whole thing. It was on a little late for what time I gotta be up you know in the morning for, for my job and stuff, but it really seemed as if fans were upset about refs like controlling the game and yet the players and the coaches all said the the referees were great like is it just that M- that NBA basketball is officiated differently than college basketball and we're used to the NBA look and that's why so many viewers had a problem with North Carolina or were the refs out of line I mean refing being a referee is a tough job let me ask you this do you think do you think Gonzaga got robbed do you think UNC isn't better than Gonzaga? I think North Carolina's probably... I, I bet if you play that game five times, North Carolina wins three of five. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like it ended the way it was supposed to. So it's, it's hard to blame the refs for any one play. Obviously, refs get it wrong one, one play or another, but through the course of a game, I think, you know, it ended up the way it was probably supposed to. You get paid to play basketball. 
So I'm guessing that your mentality would be that after a loss, that yeah, maybe a ref blew a call, maybe blew three calls, but isn't the mentality always going to be, if we go back and look at the game film, we're still going to find areas where we weren't good enough? I blew four calls. Yeah, I blew four calls. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they blew four calls, but I missed three free throws. And maybe if I don't do that. Exactly. They had opportunities. They had opportunities. Uh, And I think that's, that's part of the game. You know, referees are human. They make mistakes. It happens. Now, you still got to play through them. Right. So just like you got to play through your mistakes. So it is what it is. I personally, That's I, I, my mentality. Yeah, I know, and, and we're in agreement there. And I think North Carolina probably beats them more times than not. That's just my opinion yeah. on that. Yeah, um, I think so. John- I mean, not that Gonzaga isn't a great team, no, obviously. they're good. But Damn good. I, I think, you know, it probably ended up the way – it was supposed to. And can Gonzaga beat UNC? Yeah, of course. But sure. probably UNC, if all things fair, is a better team. At least, like you said, probably three out of five times. Yeah, you got seniors playing there. This isn't what these weren't one and done rosters. So you got guys who are, you got men, not like 19 year old boys. You got men out there playing now. So the game is going to be a little bit more physical. There are going to be more whistles because of that. And I think, honestly, now. Television-wise, like going back and watching some of the highlights, I'll admit it's a little choppy or whatever. But ultimately, I, I, you know, I didn't see the game the whole way through. So for me to make a judgment call on the referees is a little well, out of line ultimately. But when both coaches were like, "No, yeah, that was that was all right," they officiated the game and like we just didn't capitalize. I felt like that was the right way to handle that. As we're talking to John Holland, small forward, Canton charges they take. Um, I mean, they had they had the ball with the in it, with right. the last, you know, with a chance to tie it. You know, it it worked out. It wasn't it wasn't like the referees did such a horrible job that they weren't so even I, in the no. game. And it's not like the referees were doing it like, oh, dude, we're, screw Gonzaga. It's it, it, you know, it's not like these are UNC fans we're talking about. There's a human element to the game, right. and, and no matter what level you're playing on, there's a human element to it right there. And it's up to a team to be able to be better than that human element. So, totally like, agree. Totally agree with that. I want to thank John Holland, small forward from the Canton Charge, for joining us this morning. My man, good luck this Get evening. Tonight, baby. By your numbers, you. you're a beast and a freak of nature, and we look forward to watching you play in person this evening. Appreciate it. Thanks be for joining us. We'll see you there. All right, we do have a four-pack of tickets for you to check out John Holland and the rest of the Canton Charge take on their first playoff opponent tonight in the Toronto Raptors 905. We'll send you right now. Take caller 20, 1-800-243-7625, and be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. Own wrists. First responders say the children 7 and 10 were found with cuts on their throats that do not appear to be life-threatening. The mother identified oh, as Nicole James Allman was found with superficial cuts to her wrist, according to investigators. Children were then taken to Mercy Medical in Canton before being transferred to Akron Children's Hospital. The mother who was treated and released from the hospital is currently being held in Stark County Jail. She's facing several charges, including attempted murder. Again, more details will come out. You know, today we'll probably get a little deeper into this tomorrow on the program. But non-life-threatening? Non-life-threatening thank, for the kids. Thank God. And she had cut her wrist thank and God. then, but like obviously still alive as they have her in a holding cell. And it's because I would imagine some people don't know, like they show you in the movies, like the people 
people go to slit their wrist and they go side to side. It's actually not that way. It's actually up and down is the way you're supposed to go. I, I don't know. Not supposed to go. That sounded wrong. I, right. I apologize. Right. But like the way to get that done is actually very much different than the imagery you've seen in television and, and you know TV shows and movies and the like. So yeah, that more uh, details will come out on that. But that's a sad story. I um I, I like I, I can understand a bunch of crimes. I can understand being really poor and going. You know, dude, I got to steal cars or sell drugs. Like it's not right. I won't. Right. I won't co-sign it. But I can understand how you got there. But taking a knife to your own kids, I, as a non-parent, as a as a person who doesn't plan to be a parent, I still don't understand that. I, I don't understand how you, I, I could understand that the bond between mother and daughter, mother and son, child is super strong there. And I don't know how, understand how people go like cross that line. I just will never be able to wrap my head around that. It was just a few days ago. We were making you aware of um, the litter problem in Canton. And one of the councilmen, I believe if I have his name right out of District 9, is Frank Morris, pulling yep. from memory. Yep. Um, so Frank Morris kind of had proposed this thing, and we talked about it on the program. He's like, I want a $150 fine first time. Second time, I want you $500 fine. And then if you're a habitual offender, what eventually we're going to do is give you a vest, give you a thing, and you go out there and clean up the streets. And I can't, find, for the life of me, come up with a reason not to do that. <laughs> Dude, I feel like that should be step one. Instead of taking 150 bucks from you, instead of taking 500 bucks from you, get your ass out there and go clean up our city. Step one to me. Yeah, I mean, the city's going to want the fine because they want money. Well, and there's going to be... And need the money. An associated cost with like, hey, we're fining you. We're putting this program into, you know, implementing this program. And yeah, there's going to be... We've got to offset the money. Right, but at the end of the day, I feel like that should be step one is you in an orange vest out there picking crap up off the streets. So during the commercial break, Fantone was over at cantrep.com and they're like posting a story about this, obviously, is it's a big story affecting our community. And some of the like comments, like he started reading to me and I was like, dude, stop. I was like, I'm going to come to you after the break because some of these are crazy. Do read me some of these comments. People uh, one of the first things, and this happens anytime you start talking about an issue in Canton, Ohio, potholes. Okay. Now, maybe I don't know. And I will admit that I don't drive on every Canton street. Right. Okay. But I live downtown and I will sure. tell you right by me, 7th Street Southwest is awful. Like, dude, that whole road is awful. Okay, but most of my roads around my neighborhood and my apartment are fine. I've I've talked about this before. I still work in Cleveland occasionally at the Agora. Those streets up there are worse. And you have to think we are in the beginning of April. Like the pothole crews haven't necessarily been out from winter. I don't know what they're waiting for, but get your ass out. You know, uh, they're, I bet weather reports and wet and not being warm enough is probably part of and, it. And I, I like how people act like there can't be two issues and two different solutions going on to a problem. Sure, are potholes an issue? Of course they are. Yes, we want them fixed. Yeah, dude, for sure. That doesn't mean that I don't want that. I want garbage in the streets. B- right. Both things make your city look trashy. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and like I said earlier, just because you're not going to get rid of both at the same time doesn't mean you don't try to do something about both. Another uh, complaint here in the, uh, or in, the, in the in the comments of the Canton Repository. Um, so now you're going to have police worried about this instead of solving real crimes within the community? And once again, it, it, dude, cops are capable of chewing gum and walking at the same time. Well, yeah. Yeah. You're limiting a cop's ability at that point. And it should. I should make you aware of this. So when we were talking about this, I said the first time around, I said, I, you know, I mean, yeah, litter's part of like what people, what cities have to deal with, and but I was like, I don't really notice it here more so than other cities that, that you know that I see or drive through or live in or whatever. And actually, a local business owner uh, whose business opens again this Saturday, and I can't wait to go check it out, Main Street Modern. 
you know, that guy is a you know pretty big listener of the program. And while we were talking about that, he hit me up and was like, yo, man, he was like, this has gotten so bad in Canton that I thought about creating an Instagram account for how many times I see people litter. Because he goes around and like buys up people's sure. old furniture and like sure. that kind of stuff. And so he's like, I'm all over the city. I'm all over the state. He's like, the amount of times I see this in Canton, he's like, I thought about creating an Instagram account and filming it just for this. Well, and honestly, I like, don't that's think, crazy. I don't think, especially as you're throwing stuff out of your car window or you're just littering in the streets, like, dude, I, th- I think a little bit of public shame is a good idea there. There is a little bit of like, dude, yeah, you're the one who's making our city look like a dump. You should feel embarrassed about yourself and you should be, you know, kind of put on black for that. Uh, and the yeah, third, I don't have a problem with that. And the third comment from the Canton Repository section that kind of got me uh, a little bit worked up, Stansberg got a lot of worked up, um, somebody says, wow, I can't believe the at Canton Repository is sitting here talking about littering. I see your orange bags all over the place. You should go clean the garbage up. They didn't throw the bags around. <laughs> they wrapped up the newspaper. Oh, my God. Dude, the mentality of people. You know what it is? You got a keyboard in your pocket and you uh-huh. can't help but use it. Uh-huh. I'm pissed. This is like, remember the guy who yelled at Wendy's, like, really? Your burgers aren't frozen? How do they get from Wisconsin to here? Well, refrigeration, dumbass. Yeah. That's how it happens. That's completely different than a freezer. And we're not getting pissed at Wendy's when I see a bag out the window because Dave Thomas didn't throw that out the window. Who, who Like the, the $9 an hour employee at Wendy's didn't throw that out the window. You threw that out the window. Subway didn't touch the kid. Jared did. Right? right, it's like you right, can't like, right. like that. You, you can't charge people. You can't make people criminal. You can't make them guilty of something they didn't do. Yeah, wow. Clean your garbage up. Wow. All right. We got into a discussion because it is April fifth, and on this day we lost both Kurt Cobain and Lane Staley. And we started talking about best 90s bands. We left a few of them out, pretty big ones. And we'll revisit that conversation next on Rock 106. Blow up hit, well, not hit, but a follow-up song called I Don't Know Anything, which I loved. I loved I Don't Know Anything. Mad Season was damn good, but not as good as Alice in Chains. Didn't have the longevity that Alice in Chains has, so I, like, I can't put them in that category. But they were damn good. They were damn good. But yeah, forgetting Stone Temple Pilots was a little Sorry, irresponsible. Guys. That was that Sorry. was that, that was pretty big for that decade. I understand that most people like them more than I do. They were good, but I feel like Nirvana probably got themselves too overrated, Bill. And I think Dave Grohl helps solidify that because Dave Grohl came out from behind the drum kit of Nirvana, which nobody cares about drummers. I do, but nobody else does. He came out from behind the drum kit of one of the most popular, most influential bands, became the front man and guitar player of his own thing, and honestly, the catalog's better. Song to song. Now, Foo Fighters haven't made the impact in the rock world that Nirvana did. But again, Nirvana got benefited from the fact that we were tired, weary of that 80s glam rock sunset strip sound and Nirvana became the thing that broke through that and changed that where Foo Fighters didn't do that so they don't seem to have that luster on them that Nirvana gets painted with sometimes inaccurately Nirvana gets a lot of credit for being the end of the sunset strip and really that's ridiculous if you really want to break it all the way down the band that broke up LA hair metal sunset strip 
was ironically from the Sunset Strip. They were known as Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses came out and it was like, oh my God, this is back to dangerous. This is back to like lightning in a bottle. This is not Winger. This is not White Lion. This is something else. And that kind of killed that era because one band came out at the end of it and it was more like the early roots of it. And so then that ate itself and lended itself to the space being open to Nirvana coming in. Guns N' Roses ended the L.A. Sunset Strip hair rock scene. And I can't think of a better bow to put on it than Guns N' Roses. Kind of had Van Halen start it. Guns N' Roses ended it. That's a fantastic bookend for an era of music that people tell me isn't any good. Pretty good bookends. I will give you Got Lost Along the Way with like Giant and White Lion and all that. I'll give you all that. But what the, was the religious group that your dad wanted you to listen to? Striper. Striper! <laughs> to hell with the devil. You're damn right I had it. To hell with the devil. Damn right I had it. You're damn right. Michael Sweet, frontlining the heavy metal bees. There it is. A little to hell with the devil there. Yeah. Striper. I had to go to the concert and everything. Agora, I was like 12. Youth minister that convinced me to give up all my tapes of all the like the demonic like rock bands. Gave up every tape I had. Thank God for Columbia House. Two weeks later, I was able to send in four pennies. <laughs> Got everything I wanted right back. Show's done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106. Now, you guys have a fantastic afternoon. I'm sure it'll be better than mine. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you.